This episode of the Play Too Much podcast is brought to you by Astoria Soundworks Studios. Astoria Soundworks is located in the heart of Astoria, Queens, and is home to some of New York's best artists and gear. For sessions, pricing, and availability, visit astoriasoundworks.com. Now it's time for the Play Too Much podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Chris P., and you are listening to the Play Too Much podcast. Uh, we are talking all things music. If this is your first time listening to the Play Too Much podcast, welcome. If this is your 15th time, welcome again. Uh, we have a really exciting show for you. We recently threw a party at the Color Station House for what we called the Round Table. It was the first time we invited folks to come and listen to one of our sessions. And we had Shlomo Franklin, Gobbin Jr., and Joni Fatora come and play. Unbelievable performances. We actually had Troy Key on, the owner of Color Station, and Paul Piabiab uh, from MRI Megaforce Records kind of sit around and have a discussion about what's going on in the industry, trends, and, and what's important really from an artist's perspective and I guess the label perspective as well. It was a really awesome, really cool conversation. So give that one a listen and also be sure to check out the sessions on playtoomuch.com. All right, I'm not going to talk too much longer because you're going to hear my voice a lot throughout this episode. So let's get right into it. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Chris P. from the Play Too Much podcast. I'm joined with quite a few people here. Uh, this is the first time we've ever done it with this many folks. That's kind of a weird thing to say out loud. <laughs> um, uh, if you guys, if you guys uh, wouldn't mind introducing yourself, we can start this way. Uh, my name is Troy. I'm owner of Color Station. My name's Troy. I'm the owner of Color Station. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm Joni Fatora. My name is Emma. I go by Gabin Jr. My name is Paul Piyabiyab. I also go by P. Cruz. I'm Shlomo Franklin. Cool. So um, just out of curiosity, what would you say is the strangest place you've ever played then? Mm. I don't know. I can't tell that story. <laughs> or can we... Now you have to. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. no. Uh. The second strangest Shlomo. Well, no, I'm sure they have better. Waste no time on that question there, Chris. Yeah. Straight to the heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it, was it indoor or outdoor? It started outdoors. Okay, and then it made its way indoors. <laughs> over how much? Like over how much time? About an hour. There's a bunch of songs. Okay. Mm. Oh, you played for an hour. Yeah. And you started outside and ended indoors. Yeah. Did you walk? Yes, yeah, so there was walking involved. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Sounds very interesting. Were there were there a lot of people? There was no, just two altogether. Two altogether. Yeah. How many How many people does it take to classify as a show? Oh, that's a good question. Just one. Just one person. Just one other person. One other person besides you. Yeah. Then it's a show. Bartender, it doesn't matter. Just one other body. Bartenders count? Yeah. They do? Oh, then. <laughs> then there's three people. <laughs> no, no, not at that, <laughs> okay. this one, but I, you know, I play attempt to, you know. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so a lot of the stuff we talk about is just about, like, you know, you guys as artists, and we're really lucky because we have Paul and Troy here who have kind of a different perspective on things. Paul happens to be an artist, um, but also works within the industry, and Troy, as you mentioned, runs a record label. Um, I thought it'd be cool to start off asking you guys about your shows or readers place because it seems like right now there's a huge boom and it's it's mo mostly focused on live shows there's a lot of like sparks of festivals going on um and i thought it'd be really cool to sort of find out uh how important the live show has been for you guys in particular maybe we can start with emma um this is actually my third live show so <laughs> yeah, yeah cool i can't really speak too much on that yet cool we'll see it's weird i feel like the live show like that's what i would just want to do all the time but I feel like it's actually getting less important and it's more important about you know kind of having your internet presence which it kind of sucks but shows are, I feel like are less important now um, as far as like new 
new people finding your music. Like for you, dude, like uh, Troy, if you're scouting an artist or if you're working with an artist, do you put a, an emphasis on live these days, or do you think a lot of it shifted to, to internet? Yeah, that's a good question because I, I don't, I don't really use shows like for a means of discovery very often anymore. But I, I do, you know, I think that it's pretty easy to, to get your music plugged into the right, you know. Um, spaces with SoundCloud and everything else, and so with with all the noise that's happening, with with a lot of good music being available, I think what separates the uh, producers and a lot of people that are that are composing music is that they actually can have a presence on stage and like look well up while they're performing. And so I, I look at that as maybe like a way to kind of differentiate who who I might want to work with. You know? Yeah, for yeah. sure. What do you guys What do you guys use? Do you guys use SoundCloud, Bandcamp, both? Do you guys have a preference? Live. Okay. Live, playing live. After that, I like Spotify. I know people don't like it because, you know, there's not enough money for artists, but it's shifting and it's it's shifted and it's okay. It's a great way for people, artists like Hozier, he uh, he owes Spotify a lot. Not You know, they didn't give him a lot of money, but they gave him a success and popularity that translates into touring and then you can uh, make a living doing that. Well, it's like recently you had that track that was put on that Spotify playlist, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. You know, I'm sure that that helps in a big way. Yeah, I think Spotify is is it, it's the direction that we're all headed right now, and I and I think that it is easy to kind of dog Spotify for it, the fact that it doesn't really pay us or artists too much money. Um, I I do say optimistic that that's going to change, but there is a whole another like essence of discovery that was not going to happen if we were like sticking to the original mp3s and itunes it just it wouldn't have been nearly as easy for um a lot of us at this stage to even be discovered and to be found and now with being on playlists if you make the right playlist and the right people find you that just starts everything gets everything rolling and then hopefully you start performing shows and it all kind of comes together how do you guys find new music that you want to like that, like new tunes that you're digging? For my own personal listening, not when I have to listen for work, um, I typically just look for artists that are connected to artists that I like already. Uh, whether it be if they're, I listen to a lot of hip hop. So if there's like a feature on a track, I'll look them up. And, and that's where I think the internet is good. Um, I actually, for me as a consumer, I don't stream. I, I just don't um, because I don't think it's personal enough. And I will say when I was uh, touring with an indie group, there are people who came out because of Spotify, and I think that's really positive and great. Uh, but I personally don't really find a connection with, uh, with artists when I stream because it's, it's kind of a throwaway. It's kind of uh, it, it's like Netflix when I, I don't like something in the first five minutes, I'll turn that movie off and I will... Yeah, and, and now I don't have internet at my house, so I'm stuck with DVDs. I buy Blu-rays now. It's like I have to consume that. And so for me, I'm, I'm very into buying records because I'm stuck with it. Like there's this one record, this Big Grams record. Um, That's Big Boy. Yeah, yeah, Big Boy and Fantagram. I, I will tell you, I, I do not like the, the singer of Fantagram's voice. I really don't. But it's great songwriting, so I just kept on listening it and listening to it. And then after a while, I was like, this is great. Like, What's the way it I'm used really to be? Into it. Yeah, exactly. Right, like where up, you know, where assume- with Spotify, I was able to just be like, ah, I'm just going to go look for somebody else. So in, in terms of consuming, I will use the internet to a point to find the artist. But if I really dig them, I'll either just stay on their Bandcamp page or just stay on their SoundCloud. And if I really want to get into it, I will, I will buy the record. Um, so, but, but that's the way I do it, because I'm I'm not, and, and maybe this is a flaw of mine, especially because I, I have, have begun to work um, for a label. I'm, I'm very not into uh, listening to the radio or listening to trends. Like I didn't know about indie blogs until I started touring with an indie band. The first thing I will look for is Facebook numbers, 
Nielsen Nielsen numbers, which sounds, is which is good. just like uh, which is SoundScan, which which kind of sucks. A lot of independent artists, and I would say to recommend to see if your record is registered with them properly, because I know a lot of people who make records, and I'm like, and they know they've sold more than they have, but they didn't go through the proper things to register a thing with 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 SoundScan, and I'm just like, yo, your record is showing up only like twenty. 20 sales and it that doesn't look that good and I know like Nielsen's not a great system but I would say definitely like that's why the internet's important like make sure all your numbers where you can get your numbers whether it be SoundCloud um, YouTube plays Nielsen like make sure all those are in order because I know people could fake Facebook numbers people could fake Instagram likes but that's yeah. something that people look at like yeah numbers and how people respond to it. So it is important. But then again, it's another flaw of the internet. They could look good in numbers, but then what's what's really in real, real life, yeah. What's really real. Yeah, for right? sure. Yeah. It's funny, right? It's like uh, I'm I'm with you with the numbers. It's like you will see an artist. But you could read through some of that bullshit though. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah absolutely. Like you could see like you see a guy with like four hundred thousand likes, you know, and he's getting like one like per comment yeah, yeah, or something like that. Yeah. It's like all right, something's off here, you yeah. know. But that's really interesting. Yeah, I thought and, something oh, oh sorry. And then and then with, with live shows it is kind of important because if if I do go to a show to look at an artist, I'm like, okay, who's actually here listening to the artist? Who's here for the artist? So I think those numbers are important also. But on the, on the flip side though, like that's not really how I look at it for my label at all. Yeah. Like I, I don't like, I know numbers are important, but I, uh, you know, for better or worse, I almost use more of like just what I feel, like my feeling, my intuition. So what that means is I'm going to look at the artist and look at what they're showing me in terms of like their artwork, um, their stage presence if I see them live, or just their music. Obviously, that's going to be my first impression, and my biggest impression is you know what they're creating, and 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 I'm going to trust that way more than what any of these numbers are going to be telling me and what they're kind of like skewing towards because. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm just an optimist. I think that if I find someone maybe earlier on uh, their stage of uh, you know as a musician, as an artist, then together we can team up and we can like take on the world and do some really good things together. And even if the numbers don't prove that, um, I'm up. I'm still like open to uh, making something happen and not just relying too much on uh, stats to tell me who I need to kind of be leaning on and like working with. I I'm way more like uh, connected to like who who I'm vibing with, I guess. So just a different perspective. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and I agree. Like I, I I should put like a asterisk on that. Like or my point of view comes from being in like a very uh uh like mid level indie band, like mid level of success and then going into like learning the music business from a side of of an indie label, but a relatively like big large indie one. label. Yeah. Like we have yeah. some larger artists. So like yeah, I, I Please take everything I say with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah, Honestly, okay. like I'm, yeah. there's no one truth. I mean, I think that's the one, like, one truth is that there is no one way to go about, yeah, yeah, but being successful, yeah, you know, yeah. whether it be monetarily or artistically or whatever. There's yeah. no one way of going about it. So, well, it's pretty interesting because uh, it's like, yeah, I was gonna. It's funny. I was gonna say that. Like, you guys have two totally different perspectives because yeah. Troy, you started this thing from. From on your own. I mean, we're we're in your apartment right now <laughs> recording this. You know, yeah, and yeah. it's kind of funny to think of where we might be in ten years. <laughs> Emma had put in on her bandcamp page that you offer a handwoven uh, like packaging. Yeah, yeah. I like sewed together the cases. I got the CDs pressed and just in bulk. So yeah. And it's kind of interesting because it almost puts those two ideologies together. It puts the idea of okay, you know, you're selling some shit, so it's like you have to make sure that it has that human touch. You know, and it has some sort of like connectivity to it. So I think that's really interesting. I'm just kind of curious, how do you guys balance your um, your music? Like, you know, like what, do you guys work day jobs as well? Are you? I pretend to work at a coffee shop like once a week. Um, and but I, it's mostly I'm just drinking free coffee, 
And I've mentioned coffee way too many times. Yeah. So I'm really tired. <laughs> I didn't sleep. I was in a studio last night. And then, but um, and then uh, my dad's a farmer, so I help him out a bit. And but otherwise, I'm just playing music. I'm a student, so I don't have a job, but I really need one. So. Yeah, cool, cool. If anyone yeah. knows of a job, yeah. I'm yeah. you know. Gobbinjr.com. Yeah, look me up. Um, I don't have another job. Cool. I just do music. I. It's weird. I'm like featured on a lot of electronic songs, and they do pretty well. So I have like a double music life where I do have my music as electronic, and then I have my own project that I actually care about. What, what are you, what are you guys like looking to do? Are you guys looking to like get signed? Are you guys look? I mean, that's, you know, I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, uh, I've got a little beautiful music world that I'm in, and a bunch of friends, and I just I want to get signed for me, of course, and for them, and just. Uh, the live show is important to me, so a, a label that can help us get on tour, get on the road, and keep on getting better and better, and uh, that's what we're looking to do. Yeah. I don't really know what I want to do. Um, I'm just kind of rolling with it right now. I'm just cool. having fun. Cool. That's important. Yeah. Don't forget that. I just want to play shows. That's all I really care about. Gotcha. So it seems like the live thing is, yeah. is, is super important to both of you guys. Totally. Yeah. I guess the, the only other question I, I would have for you guys is um, what do you think is next for, for you know, the artists, for, for each of you guys? Um, you know, it sounds like Shlomo, you know, live is, live is very important to you and, and, and you're looking to get signed and scooped up. Yeah. Personally, you mean? For uh, me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're in the studio. I'm working on two different EPs. Uh, we just put out our first record. Uh, I'm really proud of it. Um... And yeah, so we're working on the records. I love films. So music videos, of course, are important and they're fun and they're cool. Uh, and just like the live shows just keep getting like more and more exciting. So we're cool. just doing that and we'd love to get on, on the road when, when we're ready. When you're ready. Cool. So, yeah. Right on. Cool. Emma? I'm just working on playing as many shows as possible. Um, I just got my live band together and our first show is on Saturday. So. Cool. Right where? On. Tell us where. Yeah, where's at? At Muchmore's. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Oh, yeah. Congrats. Yeah, yeah, so I'm really excited. But we all have shows on Saturday, so we're not cool. going to anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I have a few um, singles that are coming out in the next few months. Um, I put out an EP in April um, called Navigator, and I just noticed that some of the songs kind of like went unheard. The ones that. We didn't like get premieres on and so, and stuff like that. So, yeah, we're just gonna like focus on singles. Um, and I have like a cover coming out too of an '80s classic. So cool, that's yeah. awesome. I'm not gonna tell you what it is. All right, cool. cool. <laughs> we'll, we'll wait to be surprised. Yeah. Right on. And Paul, you're up to a lot of shit, man. Yeah, yeah. As, yeah, an, yeah. as an artist and, and, and on the label side of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm up to a bunch of stuff. Um, I'm the MC in this group called Negative Death, and. The first record was very politically conscious electronic hip hop, and this next one's going to be a flip side, like all just love songs. Um, and then I'm producing um, for one of our members, Pete Alone Loba. I'm producing music for him. Um, yeah, and, and for me, I, I honestly don't. Uh, I have no. I have no idea what I want from music anymore. I come from a very like. I don't think I'm ever going to make money off of music, so I'm just going to make whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. And then you'll start yeah. making a bunch of money off of it. Yeah, yeah. well, I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? But yeah. like, this is the happiest I've ever been with music is when I had no plan for it because I'm just doing it because I love it. And Troy, what do you have to, man? What's cooking next for you? You got, you got some releases coming out, right? Yeah, well, we do. We have releases coming up. We have a few, one more for the end of the year, but we have, 
we have like a little a pet project we're just kind of getting started on that I'm excited about. And the idea is, um, it's it's in rough, it's a very early stage. But what we're thinking of doing is taking a movie, and we're gonna agree on whatever movie it it, it might be. Um, my idea is something like old and classic, like a Scorsese, like take like Mean Streets or sure. something, something that would have a montage. Because the idea is we want to do about a ten minute clip. And there's this young kid from from Japan who seems very into the idea of working on this project with me, and we will um, basically work it out where the you can put the movie on mute, and uh, this new production would actually just you could it would replace what you would be hearing from the movie, but we would obviously do something completely different. So we would have different sound effects, a lot of sound design. Um, and then in between there somewhere, if there is like a montage or there's space for it, we'll have a three to five minute song. And, and that song, you know, uh, it would be something that, that we would help promote. So we would put it, you know, we would promote it uh, as a color station song and get it into the press. And it'd be really, it'd be a, a fun story because uh, that song would fit in perfectly with the movie and it would be part of actually a larger, about like a 10, 10 to 15 minute clip that you can play all the way through and have it really just like, um, perfectly like support the story of like whatever movie we decide. So just kind of doing something like that. We'll see. So, you know? Sounds like you guys are all busy and having fun. That's really cool. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. Thank you all for, for being a part of it and thanks for everyone for, thank for chilling and hanging thank out. You, thank you, thank you, play too much. The yeah, new yeah, site yeah, launches yeah, in yeah, one yeah, week. Yeah, 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 yeah. By the time, by the time you're listening to this, uh, it'll probably be live. We got like a good slow clap going. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, thank you to Troy, man. Yeah. Oh, that's a good slow clap. Cool. Cool. Thank you guys. Cheers. All right, so that was the roundtable. Pretty cool, right? It was, uh, yeah, it was. It was wild to think that you know we had that many different perspectives uh, in one room. It was cool that people, in the in the audience, were participating and listening. Uh, really, really cool stuff. If you want to see more from Play Too Much, or if you want to see these artists perform, go to playtoomuch.com. Check out our sessions page, and you can find more from Color Station Studios, Refuge Studios, Astoria Soundworks, uh, plenty of places where we've shot sessions before. Uh, please make sure you rate and subscribe this podcast on iTunes. Uh, it is our lifeblood. Consider your rating uh, currency, and it is so valuable to us. So please go ahead on iTunes and rate and review this podcast. Subscribe if you haven't already. And yeah, we look forward to hearing from you soon. Playtoomuch.com at WePlayTooMuch on all the socials. I'm Chris P. I will see you next week. Peace.